All right, welcome to the inaugural uh, college football episode of Between the Green. This will be the first episode, period, to go up on uh, streaming platforms, I guess you can call them. Uh, my name is Gabriel Green. I'm a from Detroit, Michigan. I'm a huge Lions, Michigan, all that. I'm a Detroit fan, and then for college, I'm a Michigan fan. I, I rock with LSU a little bit, too. Uh, this is my little introduction. I'm 19 years old. I'm a freshman in college. Um, yeah, I'm... That's pretty much me in a nutshell. Over time, there'll be more and more things. But yeah, that's just the the normal little bits about me. So this episode, I really just want to talk about like college football so far and just get into a rhythm. Every week, I, what I'm planning on doing is I'm going to talk about games from the last week. I'm going to talk about where I was right, where I was wrong. I'm going to do my Heisman rankings and I'm going to do my top 10, maybe less, maybe more teams in the country, in my opinion. Not how I feel it should be ranked as the top 10 best teams in the country because how they should be ranked versus who's the best is a very weird thing basically and then i'm gonna give predictions for the upcoming week and then sometimes you know there'll be a story in the sport i'm going to get into um this week i don't have one next week i have one i'm working on one that i think is really really good so yeah really i just want to talk about my thoughts on the college football season so far obviously i'm a michigan fan and michigan unfortunately isn't playing but um yeah i guess the first thing is like the whole no crowd aspect right to me, college football has been more normal than the NFL. For one, more college, most colleges are having some fans. Most colleges that are playing right now are having some fans. Obviously, I don't think any of the Big Ten schools will. Maybe Iowa and Nebraska, maybe, just based on the fact that Iowa State has some fans. But, yeah, so that was the first thing I was worried about. In, in college, it really matters. I mean, sometimes you just go into the wrong place at the wrong night, whether it's you can think of, like, Ohio State when they went to Purdue and then when they, when the, ah, when they went to Iowa and then just other games, you know, you go to wrong place, one wrong night, and it just feels like you're going to lose. Penn State's whiteout is another example. Although Penn State is usually close to the team they're playing in the whiteout, which they always play Michigan or Ohio State because those two teams rotate years playing them. Anyways, playing them in Happy Valley, I should say. Anyways, um, so yeah, first couple weeks, it, the crowd didn't really feel like a factor, but it didn't feel weird watching college football. But then this last weekend... We saw Iowa State and Oklahoma play. And Iowa State didn't even have, they probably had like 8,000 to 12,000 fans there. And a stadium that holds probably like fifty-five to 70,000. But man, it, it had a feel to it. Like, man, this is co- classic Saturday night college football. It just felt like, you know, the crowd kept them in the game. I don't know. It was just a certain energy in the stadium that I feel if there were no fans, wouldn't have been there. And again, it's not the same, but you felt it. Same thing for the Georgia-Auburn game. That game was a blowout, and Georgia was the better team. But, you know, it just felt like a blowout. You know, it felt like, again, there was an energy in the stand. Georgia is more loose <laughs> than most schools are going to be as of right now um, when it comes to just the amount of fans and where the fans can be. And I mean, their fans weren't even wearing a mask or anything, which is a whole other thing uh, to talk about. But yeah, college football to me feels more normal than the NFL. Like the NFL feels weird. Even the, I don't know, like the no crowd thing in the NFL does feel weird at times because they're using this fake crowd and I don't like it at all. It, it I don't know. I, college football feels more normal than the NFL is what I'm getting at. So now uh, I guess I can talk about like my top five guys for the Heisman right now, just based on what I've seen. Number one is Trevor Lawrence. Number two is Justin Fields. Number three is Derek King. Number four is Mac Jones, and number five is Kyle Trask. So going into the season, Spencer Rattler and maybe Sam Ellinger would have been in my top five. They definitely were both top ten. 
that's just not and they're they're both struggling. I'm gonna get to both of their teams later. But so I guess if I can just break these down. Trevor Lawrence, um, he's been the he's just been fantastic. He's been throwing dots. They haven't really played anybody, but I'm also factoring in just how I expect it to go. Justin Fields, I think, was my would have been my pick in a normal season, just mostly because Ohio State would just have more big games. He would have a chance to beat Michigan, Penn State. I don't know what their schedule originally was looking like, but you know, maybe a Iowa a Minnesota, Wisconsin, you know, the, the Indiana's pretty good right now. Just a good, they would have had more good games. Whereas Clemson this year didn't really have any. They didn't even have UNC on the schedule. They have Miami, who I will get to later. But going into the season, I didn't expect this from Miami. So yeah, um, Derek King, Mac Jones, and Kyle Trask. That could be any order you convince me. You honestly, part of me wants to go Mac Jones over Derek King, but I just think. How surprising Miami has been. You got to give King a lot of credit. Um, Mac Jones, I didn't. I just kind of expect him to be the typical game manager quarterback. Just don't lose the game. You don't got to do too much. Just hit your open throws. But, man, Mac Jones throws a great deep ball. Kind of reminds me of him as a player, maybe not. And I'm not a quarterback guy. But his deep ball kind of reminds me of like a Jared Goff type of guy where it's just, he throws a really nice deep ball. And at Alabama, that's key because, I mean, those they got some athletes on the field. For sure. Derek King, again, like he's he's put Miami back on the map. Um, he's a big reason why. Not the only reason. Um, the defensive line has been really good. But yeah, he hasn't thrown any picks. He's running the ball well. I really like Derek King. And then Kyle Trask, he's been very good. Florida's offense has been very good. And really there's sure there's better players than Kyle Trask in the country. But at the same time, like I expect Florida to be a playoff team. If not a playoff team, a top ten. New Year's six, you know, right in the mix at the end of the season. So that's why I have Kyle Trask. I have him, but I do think the Heisman winner will be somebody who ultimately makes the playoffs. Um, some other guys I can talk about: Zach Wilson from BYU. BYU has been very good. Zach Wilson is playing like a first round talent. I think he could end up going first round later, first round. The top three right now quarterbacks, I'd say, obviously Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one. Then the second quarterback taking will probably be Justin Fields, then Trey Lance. I think Zach has a chance to pass Lance Fields. Maybe I don't. Know. I know some people who aren't that high on Fields as an NFL prospect, but I'm not. Again, I'm not the guy to ask about that. But what I've seen, that's the order I'd go. So I could just talk about my top ten teams in the country now. Number one is Ohio State. They haven't played. I really don't care. They have playmakers everywhere on both sides of the field. Sean Wade's there. Uh, Sean Wade decides to stay. They have an offensive lineman who. For some reason, I just can't remember his name. He's staying. He's a top 10. Oh, Wyatt Davis, I believe. Yeah, I remembered his name. Uh, he's a top 15, 20 pick. Obviously, Justin Fields. Garrett Wilson's a great receiver. They got another five-star receiver, Justin something. Justin Fleming. Um, he he can ball out. I, Ohio State, to me, is the best team in the country. Number two is where it gets interesting. Most people would have Clemson at number two. I'm actually going to go Alabama at two and Clemson at three. Alabama runs the ball so well. This is your typical Alabama team. They play both sides. Having Dylan Moses back is huge. If they had Dylan Moses and a healthy Tua, I think they make the playoff last year. I think, well, I, I don't know. I, th- I think they end up beating Auburn. They pr- probably still lose to LSU, but they end up beating Auburn in that game and then let the chips fall where they may. So maybe they don't make the playoff, but maybe they make a slightly better bowl than the Citrus Bowl where they beat my Wolverines. Uh, Clemson at number three, they're good. I just think Alabama's better, and if you think Clemson's better, if you th- really one through three, you can put them in any order. I don't 
I don't see how I could put Ohio State at three unless you just want to be like they haven't played and that will hurt them, which I mean, maybe, but they, they're also playing teams that haven't played. So that's the defense of Ohio State being at number one. Number four, UGA. I wasn't that high coming into this season with Georgia, man. I, I really wasn't. Um, the quarterback questions and all that stuff. But man, last week I, I, I had Auburn winning. But man, Georgia looked great on both sides. They give up three points. They score, I believe, 27. They, yeah, they won 27-3 to over a really good Auburn team. They they just dominated that game, honestly. Um, Stinson, Stetson Bennett, he looked pretty good. Uh, I, he'll be the starter next week. I don't know what's going on with the whole JT Daniels thing. Stetson Bennett balled out. He, he looks like one of the top guys in the country. Um, if he can keep this up. Obviously, George Pickens is a stud, uh, future first-rounder. He's only a sophomore, so he can't enter the draft this year. They have some running backs that I really like. That defense, I mean, again, three points to Auburn. Really like Georgia. Number five is Florida. So the Georgia-Florida thing is interesting. It's kind of a defense versus offense thing. Florida's defense has been bad, and if it keeps up playing the way it will, I think they'll be worse than Georgia. But if Florida's defense can just be good, which, I mean, they have all the talent to be good. If Florida can just have a good def- good enough defense, they're a playoff team, or they're in the contention. I think they'll play Alabama in the SEC championship, them or Georgia. That game between those two teams, I'm I'm so ex- I'm looking forward to that. Like right now, like I'm gonna have to do a special episode just for that game. Uh, obviously, I'll be watching that. Number six, though, I have Notre Dame. Oh, it's worth noting, Florida's offense has been amazing so far. Kyle Pitts, Kyle Trask, one of the best duos in the country. Anyway, number six, I have Notre Dame. So, I I don't know how good Notre Dame actually is, but I don't like. Notre Dame and Oklahoma State, that's my seventh pick. You, that's a toss-up. I think those two teams are really good. I think they're both contenders for the playoff. Notre Dame's obviously going to have to beat Clemson to get in with with them being the ACC this year, which is a t- tough task, but I think they can do it. Number So, yeah, that and then Oklahoma State, Chuba Hubbard, Spencer Sanders, Tylon Wallace, such a great trio. Um, They had a tough game. Well, all right, people said it was a tough game against Tulsa. They won by double digits. And Tulsa ended up beating UCF in Orlando. So maybe Tulsa is just better than we think. And also, um, they were down to a third-string quarterback that game. Oklahoma State, when healthy, is a very good team. They're easily the best team in the conference, unless Iowa State. I could see Iowa State maybe winning it. I could see Texas turning around, Oklahoma. Anyways, um, so yeah, uh, number eight's Penn State. I really like Penn State. I really like Pat Fryermuth. I think he's a first-round t- tight end uh and yeah this is a very very good penn state team they'll be in the running um for the big 10 them in ohio state for the big 10 east i think this is a top 10 team in penn state and yeah number nine is miami so back to miami they have some players um if greg rousseau 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 was there they might be even higher on my list they're seventh in the country right now they're ninth on my list part of that's because i'm being nice to penn state and oklahoma state but Greg Rousseau not being there, he's great. They still have Quincy Roche, who's a really good lineman. Like, this is a talented team. Again, with Rousseau, that's probably one of the best defensive fronts in the country. There's still been one of the best defensive fronts. Again, Derrick King's been great. Once they beat, they have a relatively easy schedule once they beat Clemson. I don't, like, so I think they could be two lo- a one-two loss team. Um and who knows what happens with the ACC championship, how that all ends up working out. So the number 10, you got Auburn, you got UNC, you got BYU. You could put them in any order you want. I'm probably, 
forgetting. I don't know. I'm probably tripping with that one. Um, I tr- so Auburn shouldn't be ranked over either of those teams because they had an ugly loss. But I think they're better than those teams, and that's what my rankings are: is who the best teams are, not who's the most deserving. Yada yada yada. BYU is very good, and obviously they're independent, which kind of hurts. Um, hopefully they can end up just joining like the Mountain West or something eventually. But yeah, BYU has been fantastic. Zach Wilson. Heisman candidate, first round level guy. And I'm I am gonna start watching them a little more. So yeah, those are my top ten teams right now in the country. Um I, I could see LSU getting back in there. They had an ugly loss week one, obviously, but I could see them sort of picking it up. So yeah, uh, now I would do want to get into this weekend's predictions. So what I'm gonna do for this show, I'm gonna predict some of the biggest games. I'm always gonna talk about Michigan. Michigan's not playing right now, but I'm always, even if Michigan is playing Rutgers or whatever, I'm always going to mention Michigan just because I feel like I can give a really good in-depth analysis of what I want to see from Michigan. I, I know that roster. you know, I know the backups. I know the true freshmen. I know that roster really well. So I will always talk about Michigan. Um, I'll usually talk about LSU. This week I'm not. I don't know. I, I'll, I have a lot of respect for LSU as a program. I was a huge Ty, Tyron Matthew fan, Honey Badger um, and yeah, just a lot of respect for them. I remember the Danny Etling days, the Odell, Jarvis, Alfred Blue. Those were good days. Those are okay days to be an LS fan, LSU fan. Obviously, they're not what the last year has been. But anyway, getting to this week's predictions. First game, huge rivalry. Texas-Oklahoma, Red River, Red River show, Showdown. This game usually has some playoff implications. Right now, it doesn't look like it. Texas could very well still be in the playoff hunt. They don't look like it. Oklahoma's coming off back-to-back losses. Texas just lost to TCU. And honestly, they should have lost to Texas Tech. Monumental choke by Texas Tech. Even though they won that game, Texas looked like shit because they gave up 56 points to Texas Tech. Like, come on. Texas Tech, it's sure they're not the worst team in the country. But come on, you can't do that. You really can't. Uh, Oklahoma's actually unranked right now, which is wild to think about. Uh, Texas is 22. Both defenses are awful. Neither one of them can play defense like this is a really hard game for me to break down because each team could easily just score on every drive however I don't Sam Ellinger isn't that good neither Spencer Rattler give me Oklahoma 55 to 49 I think at their best they're better they're a better team than Texas and I'm just gonna roll with that yeah that's I'm gonna watch the game I'm excited to watch it but it's kind of it's gonna be ugly uh next game number 19 Virginia Tech goes to number eight UNC so UNC's coming off a road win with obviously there's no fans against a pretty solid Boston College team. And Virginia Tech is coming off a win as well, but it was a 38-31 win against a bad Duke team. Braxton Burmeister really struggled. They did run the ball well, um, but they give up 31 points to Duke. You can't, you can't do that. I'm going to take UNC 35-24 here. Um, I could see the game be... The reason I don't expect UNC to score more, I do think Virginia Tech's going to have some success running the ball. I do expect Sam Howell to, to feast on that defense, though. And, yeah, that should be an interesting game. I'm really excited to watch that. I'm a huge Sam Howell fan. I'm a big Mac Jones fan. Mac, yeah, whatever. Mac Jones, what, what's his name? Whatever you talk, you know what I'm talking about. The um, the uh, North Carolina coach. Why can't I talk right now? Anyway, yeah, um... Next game, Florida and number four Florida travels to Texas A&M. Texas A&M's number 21. Florida's defense struggled. However, they look I'm sorry. Yeah, Florida's defense has struggled. However, offensively, they've looked really good. Kyle Pitts is a top 10 player, top 10 Heisman candidate right now. He's a tight end. He's a first round pick. He's as dominating. He's an automatic touchdown when he gets to the red zone. They've ran the ball pretty well. 
And yeah, their defense has struggled a little more than you'd like, especially for the, who they've played. The defense has not looked great. Um, and which I kind of talked about before with my top 10 teams. Texas A&M is coming off a blowout loss to Alabama. They started the game off well. Kellen Mond ended up just not being great. Ultimately, I think 38-31 Florida. The only reason I'm even being this nice to Texas A&M is it's in Texas. So yeah, 38-31, UNC 35-24. Now, here's where it gets interesting, I guess. Um, Alabama Ole Miss. So for one, I do want to mention Hurricane Delta is going to it's going to be it might not be like a hurricane, but it's going to be storming this entire game. Hopefully no lightning so we can get the game because, you know, games get delayed with lightning for football. But it's going to be storming the entire game. Wet game. Expect the run game to be a big deal. Normally, Alabama Ole Miss is a blowout. You wouldn't even talk about it. This is a big game. This is a revenge game for Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin to get at each other. So let me take you back to 2017. A different time. So Alabama's preparing to play Clemson in the national championship. This is Clemson with Deshaun Watson. And like a week and a half before the game, it comes out Lane Kiffin's not going to be the offensive coordinator for the game. He abruptly left the program. Both sides said it was mutual, but it wasn't mutual. Like, hey, you know, I wish you success. No, it was something bad happened. There's conflicting reports. I'm not going to get into those reports. Regardless, all you need to know is something bad happened before this game. Steve Sarkeesian becomes offensive coordinator for the Natty. And they end up losing the game to Clemson. Deshaun Watson had a uh, like a two three yard pass to Hunter Renfro at with inside the five, and that's really how the game ends up ending. Now Lane Kiffin is head coach for Ole Miss, and he gets a shot at Saban and vice versa. Saban is twenty and 0, 20 and zero against former assistants. Now to be fair, when you think of some, the first one to come to mind is Jim McElwain. Some of these games, Jim McElwain when he was with Florida, some of these just aren't fair. Like games at all to the assistants, like they're just going up against a better Alabama team. And Alabama's record, period, in the last whatever games is obviously going to be fantastic. They're a dynasty, and really the only, off top of my head, the only Saban um, disciple, if you will, who could compete was Kirby Smart, but he's blown two bad leads to them. Regardless, twenty and zero against um, assistants. So I expect Najee Harris to have a big day. Give me the tie, forty four seventeen. No big analysis for this game. I just think this is just a better team. I, it is an interesting storyline, and it will be interesting. Lane Kiff had a quote where he called, because uh, he basically said something like, oh, you know, the players are playing, not the coaches, you know, talking about his relationship with Saban. That doesn't matter. He was like, you know, Saban can't cover me. He called him elderly, which, I mean, I don't know how much Saban holds stuff against people, but that's something you could hold against somebody. So, yeah, that's that. Number 14, Tennessee travels to Athens to play number three, Georgia. If it wasn't for the rain, I'd pick Tennessee to come up with the upset. However, give me Georgia 24-13. This is going to be a run game. I I know everybody's like, well, Georgia only gave three points to Auburn. I, I don't expect them to be that great. I think it's going to be a really close game, all game. I think at the end of the game, Georgia will kind of just run the ball out and get a late touchdown to kind of ice it. Um, yeah, this is going to be – I don't expect the same defensive performance. I do think both defenses will have good games. But, yeah, this is kind of going into Georgia's strategy because, again, they're not a passing team. They haven't been a passing offense. This is not the offense that Kirby Smart and those guys run, for better or worse. Um, And so, yeah, so expect a run game, kind of an ugly game, some turnovers, some fumbles. And, yeah, that's really the game I kind of expect from those two teams. And here's the big game. 
Number seven, Miami, travels to Death Valley Junior, Clemson, to play the top-ranked Clemson Tigers. Rain again. This is another, you know, southern team on the near the ocean. The rain is going to be huge in this game. Clemson is a tough place to play. That's just the first thing to get out the way. COVID restrictions or not, game day is there. It's going to be a night game. Great atmosphere, I'm sure, even with the COVID restrictions on the fans. It's going to be a tough place. Derrick King, again, he's been my favorite player to watch so far this year. And I do think he's going to have to kind of control the game with his legs. I do think he's going to have to extend plays, run the ball well, option plays, um, RPOs, all that is going to be really, really key. Another thing is, again, no Greg Rousseau, but they do have Quincy Roche, who's Roche, Roche, whatever. He's a top, he's a first-round talent, honestly. I've seen him in first round in most mock drafts. Quincy Roche is a very, very good defensive end. And Clemson will have to rely heavily on Travis Etienne, and I do think they'll be able to get pressure in the face of Trevor Lawrence, which, as great as Trevor Lawrence is, no quarterback is comfortable under pressure, especially in the rain. It's just going to be a very uncomfortable game, whereas I think, you know, Derek King's built better for it. So, yeah, Travis Etienne's going to be the key to this game. He's a top back in the country to me. I thought he should have went to the draft last year, honestly. He can catch, he can receive, or he can receive, he can run. I can't talk. So, yeah, I would love to see the Canes pull off an upset here. But give me Clemson 27-24 in a tough game. I think they come up. I think Miami sort of snaps into it late, but just doesn't have enough to come into it. If the normal was weather, I'd... ah, If the normal was weather. If the weather was normal, I'd call for a blowout for Clemson, like 20, 30-point game. I know Clemson's double-digit favorites. However, this is going to be like a really slow game. It might be a game where Clemson still dominates, but... I do expect it to be a one-score final. 27-24, assuming the rain is as bad as it looks like it's going to be, which is just like a storm. But who knows? Maybe it won't. This is going to be really fun, weird games. I could think of like the Michigan-Notre Dame game last year. I was going to go. I'm kind of glad I didn't because the weather was trash. And you saw Notre Dame just was trying to pass on them, and it didn't work. They were just trying to do something on Michigan, and it didn't work. Michigan won that game. I want to say it was like 40-something to 10. I think it was like 45-10, something like that. And, I mean, yeah, Notre Dame didn't stand a chance all game. Um, and that was like one of the best wins in the Harbaugh era because they were able to run the ball so well. I think I think these teams are going to be more prepared for the run on defense, so I don't think Clemson will be able to run all over them. But I could, I'm being nice to Miami and Manny Diaz and those guys because I do have a lot of respect for them and – yeah, I, I, again, 27-24, tough game. However, Clemson's just too good. Miami is a very good team, though, and I think they're going to have a good season. I think they're a good team. This is their first big test. Louisville was a test to me, but how good Louisville is is starting to be a question right now. Um, Louisville was a team I expected to finish top 15. That's not going to happen. Maybe they could finish ranked, but they have not looked good so as good as I thought so far this season. They got blown out in Louisville my by those hurricanes. So yeah, those are my predictions for the week. That's everything I really had to talk about this week in college football. Um, starting next week, I'm gonna start breaking down games from last week. I'm gonna start being more and more in depth. I'm gonna have guests on the show. I'm talk more NFL. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have a friend of mine on. We're gonna talk MLB playoffs. I'm gonna talk the NBA finals, which hopefully instant. Well, I, I guess not. Hopefully, I'd rather see the series get extended, obviously, because I just love basketball. But it looks like the Lakers are gonna close it out tonight. As I'm recording this, this might not go up till Saturday morning, but whatever. So when I hear this, the series might already be over. 
But regardless, I am going to talk some more NBA stuff, how the bubble went, my thoughts on it, um, free agency stuff, draft stuff. I'm starting to do more research on the draft because I'm not really a college basketball guy. Huge college football fan. It's my number one sport, but I'm not a college basketball guy pretty much at all. However, I will, you know, I'll I'll pay attention to this. So I, I am excited to see how this all plays out. And yeah, you guys have a good weekend, safe weekend. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the NFL. Um, fire Matt Patricia. Yeah, all that.